Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's an 11 game losing streak. <laughs> That's Lucky where 11. we're at tonight. Uh, it's Patrick and Jason taking over the podcast to bring you to probably the worst state of hockey we've seen in, oh man, a decade. It's been bad. This has been it's- really bad hockey for Anaheim. It's it's kind of the the streak you never want to keep talking about, but somehow you have to keep talking about it unless you're really pissed, and then I guess you can yell at reporters to not talk about it. But uh, yeah, this this one's it's its own thing. We're going streaking. I mean, to find a way to lose for eleven straight games, especially the last two when you have a lead, <laughs> you have yeah. a three nothing lead against one of the best teams in the in the league. Period. Uh, and then again tonight against one of the best teams on the road, you have a two nothing lead. You find a way to lose again. Uh, it's it's very disconcerting for this group. Um, I mean, the captain's upset about it. The coach is obviously pissed. He gets mad at one of the uh, one of the reporters <laughs> here. Doesn't need to be named, yeah. but uh, he uh, calls the guy a jerk. Ends the interview because he's upset about his job security being uh... questioned. <laughs> Yeah, man. It only took you, uh, you know, ten straight games of losing before someone popped the question, bro. Why don't yeah, you yeah, settle yeah. down there, Randy? <laughs> Just settle down there a little yeah, bit. Say, yeah, hey, I don't know if you're aware, you've been losing. How's your job security? As in, this doesn't usually happen for most coaches that are still in their position. So I'm just going to lay down. You just, you know, ferment about it. Nah, call me an a hole. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, pretty losing. much. I, I, I mean. <laughs> I get it. No one really wants to be asked that question. But when you're a professional and you're in sports and you have people that ask you questions all the time, that's eventually going to come around. And it's been asked. Other, sure. other coaches have been asked that question. It's like asking yeah, a player, hey, you're on a you're on a 10-game uh, slump from scoring. How do you feel about your play? It's similar. It's very similar. Yeah, it's weird, especially since, like, Randy was from Toronto – and his whole, you know, record there wasn't all that awesome in the no. first place. Oh, so it's like all of a sudden it's like, hey, we lost ten in a row. 
why don't you pump the brakes with a stupid ass? Uh, are, am I being fired? Questions. You you sound like an idiot. And then he's going to put his sense. hands on Toronto, his hips. You lose two games, and everyone's asking you to like him. So you picked a new address, right? Like you know U Haul's number on speed dial. Like you know, sorry, you lost ten games now, eleven with the Ducks. You got to throw a little shade when they finally ask. Uh, you good? You good, Randy? How's the season, Randy? How's it going there, bud? Randy. Yeah, he 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 needs to find a way to uh, be able to you know take those questions full on because he knows he has all the job security in the world, which we're gonna get to in a few because there was a statement that came out from Anaheim Upper Management, Bob Murray, and uh, he answered some questions that we've all been kind of wondering about. So (laughs) we'll definitely get to that. Uh, Plus, we have lots of uh, fan questions. We have a watch party to talk about. There is positives to take away from tonight. Because we had a blast at Lampost Pizza like we always do. But, uh, it's always so much fun there. Got to get to this just real quick for everybody. If you're not watching us on YouTube and you're listening to this the day after the show, go to YouTube, do us a favor, log into your account, go ahead and find us at Forever Money, hit subscribe. It helps us out. More subscribers we get, the better off we are, the more, the more we're seeing on next videos or suggested videos, which all helps drive traffic to us. And helps us uh, get but, out there into the world. So, but as the as the minus, they have to see our faces. I mean, they don't have to. I guess uh, they can just like listen to it in the background yeah, on YouTube. Dude, just, People can do that. All you have to do is subscribe and then just listen. You don't actually have to do it. I mean, yeah. If you don't look at Jason and his green curtains, you don't have to. Um, <laughs> These are nice. But but it helps us out. So yeah, go to YouTube, do that. <laughs> if you haven't hit us up anywhere on social media, we're everywhere. So find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But let's get to the pregame notes. Gibson versus Hellebuck, you know, Battle of America in net, which I like to see, especially when we're in Canada. I love to see that, Uh you know, America representing hard (laughs) up in uh, the Great White North with apparently really bad internet in Winnipeg. Um, Pontus Aberg scratched and, again, not playing. A one-dimensional player that knows how to score goals. I believe he's damn near the top of the leaderboard, if not leading in th- in goals for the Ducks. So he's still no, no, no. Uh, that that changed. Uh, geez, to was, who? It, first it was Silverberg. Well, first it was Kasha, and then I think Silverberg scored in the last game. He and did. Then he uh, overtook it, so he's got it. So Auberg, having missed a couple games, has not had the opportunity to be the leader. Which is puzzling. This this team can't <laughs> yeah. score goals. And then when they do, they still find ways to lose games. So it, it's very strange that they would, you know, get, subtract a guy from the lineup or the composition of this team. He is sitting, let's see, he has 11 goals. He's second. He's tied with Andre Kasha, and he's one behind Jacob Silverberg. So, whatever. So I you called know, it right. Randy Carlisle, <laughs> in all his, uh, his high and mightiness, defines a reason to subtract a player and decide to put the puck in the back of the net here for the past few games. The Ducks are a losing streak. So he's off out of the lineup. It was Ricard, Raquel, Ryan Getzoff, Jacob Silverberg, uh, Cogliano, Rowney, and Sprong, Richie, Henrique, and Kasha, Gibbons, Kessler, and Sherwood. The line blender. This is what everyone didn't like from Bruce Boudreaux. He doesn't ever keep things together. He mixes things up too much. And now look at Randy. Here's Randy. 10-game losing streak. Randy. How long does it take Randy to do this? It took Randy nine games, 10 games to figure this out. He can start splitting these guys up and... and and trying to move the lineup about. Um, but he does. And it does help out in the first period. Because Brian Gibbons would put the Ducks on the board early in the first. Everyone in Lampost, myself included, thought it was Ryan Kessler who scored. Because yes. Gibbons, who's been scoreless all year. <laughs> and Ryan Kessler, who has not, one point in 40 Lampost. games. Gibbons throws the puck off the far wall. Tries, in my opinion, tries to hit Ryan Kessler. Hits off Ben, or I think it's Ben Sherrod's skate. Goes in the back of the net past Connor Hellebuck. And all of a sudden, the Ducks have a one nothing lead. Nothing Connor could do there, Jay. No, not at all. And uh, But yeah, the same thing was like uh, watching like Kessler. It almost looked like Kessler like, jumped and then like moved to the side like he got hit. And then like, like squeezed everything together. So I don't know if that's what confused everybody. But, uh, yeah, there, there's nothing there. When it, when it's going a full foot wide in front of a goalie, it, those are the ones you kind of just like you, you let go and you maybe try and move to the side, maybe might hit something, but you never think it's going to go down off and in and it just goes past you. It's, 
it sucks because that one's going so wide and you're told not to waste that much energy on things that are going that far wide and it blows uh, just, just just not much he could do there. That's what I felt like watching the replay. And like the fact that everyone thought that it was going to be Ryan Kessler getting a stick on it. And the camera even yeah. panned to him. Everyone got all stoked for him. Then it turns oh, out, yeah. no, That's... it wasn't you. I'm giving a big hug. The hockey gods the just, uh, you did it. just haven't ever come down and blessed him this year. But uh, oh, Jason Billings, goodness. who we met at, uh, yeah. at Lampo's Pizza, and I had a question on YouTube. <laughs> He said, um, "He said, would a coaching change at this point even matter? Would it? Uh, Does it change anything? Uh, it changes the coach. But yeah, um, but I mean, does I, that? I mean, but uh, you got to look at it from a duck standpoint here. And it's a solid question because everyone's all yeah. over Bob. Everyone's all over Randy right now. And it's like at this point, you're 11 games in on a losing streak." You're past the halfway point in the season. You have the trade deadline coming up here very shortly in February. Is this a move, if you get rid of the coach, what is that going to do to this team? I I feel like it's going to have to play into the point of if you remove Randy Carlisle and you put a a new coach behind the bench, that's fine. But you still have to make changes to the way this roster is built because it's not successful no matter who's behind the bench. If you're going to change systems, you still have to get rid of the old guys out of this lineup because they're not producing. I, I can't ever see Andrew Cogliano and Ryan Kessler putting up tons of points. Um, I, I don't really believe when Corey Perry comes back, he's going to be lighting the league up on fire. And, you know, the fourth line is the fourth line. The fourth line. I, I don't really see this team catching anyone at the at this point in the season and doing some damage. I feel like if you're going to rebuild, you got to go for it all. Um. I guess I'd slightly disagree with you. I would uh, say that there's no point now to have Randy Carlisle in there. Uh, either he doesn't have the voice of the room, he doesn't have a strategy for uh, his team to succeed, he doesn't have a strategy for what the GM or management wants. At this point, there's nothing he's doing well. He's not even answering uh, you know, news people's uh, questions, uh, reporters' questions. So, I mean, at this point, uh, it, it's a complete wash. So drop him. Bring somebody else in. Uh, the only worst that it could be is another 11 losing game streak going. I, I mean, you I might guess. as well just go for 17 because that's the, the record, Capitals record. So leave Randy yeah, in. I, I wouldn't. I, I, I'd move Randy off. I'd bring somebody else in. Um, if there's somebody else that's used to what the new NHL is or what younger players are, I would say Dallas Eakins is a little bit of a change. He's a change in voice. He's someone who knows a lot of the younger players in this lineup and maybe he's not so hung up on um, Kessler and Cogliano having to play second line minutes against top players that they can no longer defend against in a, any reasonable thing. And then if you can get the, the, that same coach to go, hey, you know what, let's maybe change up that defense back to what worked last year. The one bright spot on defense was having Lindholm and Manson together and Fowler and, you know, X, Y, and Z. I mean, I guess at this point you could probably put in Montour, but the key for me is trying to get maybe those two defensemen together, Lindholm and Manson, and then trying to get a faster, quicker thing that is just not whatever Randy Carlisle is trying to do is second time around. Yeah, I mean, look, you're 11 games into a losing streak. You don't deserve your job, period. No. That's that's the time to get fired, and it's not working. It's just not working. They get, people get fired for far less in the NHL as far as coaching, especially in the end of a contract year. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me or any other person. That fans well, I mean, many for, people for, think that he should have been fired, myself included, in the playoffs. After the playoffs last year, the way they came out against the Sharks and the way he lost control of his team – he probably earned you know, his pink slip then. The fact that he gets a start fresh in October, and then they blame the injuries as to why Randy's having a hard time here. And now we get on an 11-game uh, losing streak. I almost said winning. Jesus. Losing streak. <laughs> when we're missing who? Breaks, <laughs> who are we missing? Corey Perry and Patrick Eves. But I, I, yeah. that, those two subtractions to the lineup – it doesn't mean that it's okay to go on this kind of run here. It, there's got to be some sort of answer. And if he's not going to fire him, well, then hell. He better come up with an answer quick because every Ducks fan that we've he's talked not. to, everyone is just steaming about this. Like, how is it possible 
that you can expect us to, to support this team and believe in the direction when you make zero change. Um, we have so and much then you to talk double about up on this. Those, those horrible no changes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in not winning. We got to get to that in a minute, but we got to get through this game. <laughs> Ricard Raquel finds the back of the net. The Ducks put themselves up two to nothing here on a great Russian man. This was actually a really nice play by Anaheim breaking yeah. into the zone. And Raquel Hellebuck almost caught enough of that. Deflects uh, off the enough. glove. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> For a goal, As a center, goal yes. when, you, when you get that close and it's just it hits it, you're just like, I want to give the shooter credit, but at the same time, I'm like, I could have had that. I mean, there was no gap control whatsoever against Ricard yeah. Kell on this play. They gave him the walk-in from the blue line <laughs> to almost the mid-circle. So he yeah. had all day to eat a sandwich and shoot the puck into the back. And a great shot by him. Good to see him get one of the board Wait. since coming Hold on, back. I got I got, so. I got back. We said eat a sandwich, walk in, and shoot and score. He had enough time. He had all that time. God, eat a sandwich? That's it a It just lot. sounds allerish to me. I right mean, there. no, he would have said, <laughs> always would have said a can of corn. Bad. He would have said can of corn. <laughs> Oh, is that, is that a tuna sandwich or whatever? Or a chicken salad. He would have said chicken something salad, along those lines. <laughs> so, Ricard Raquel makes it 2 nothing. Ducks go in there with uh, with some hope, I guess you could say. But, uh, yes. you know, this this team is the Winnipeg Don't Jets. Score? Don't they score right at the end of the, the first? Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. They're deadly. Oh, and it's sorry. Blake Wheeler. And Blake Wheeler is a beast of a hockey player. And the Ducks are on the pedal of here with just an just under a minute to go, Blake Wheeler just wa- is able to walk in and just rip the shot. Gibby didn't have a chance on this one whatsoever and makes it a 2-1 to one game here to end the first period. I-, I-, I can't fault Gibby on this play. No, I can fault a, a, a really hard fault there on um, Richie who ends up taking a penalty. It's just like it's, it's always Richie. It's clockwork if for it, that kid. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we at that point, yeah, I mean, really hadn't outshot them. Uh, they had dominated for long stretches that first period. And uh, the fact that we were up 2 nothing, and then we take a penalty, and it's Richie, and then they score, and it was just like like less than a minute left or around a minute left. And it's just like, it's just, it just had the feeling of Pittsburgh all over again. Ah, we, did, we did good for a little bit, and then, you know, the better team showed up. That's what happens. And then we can yeah. get on to the second period here. And that's where you're going to find where the you know the Jets are able to find the back of the net again. And it's in a player who's been in a slump. Patrick Laine has not been lighting up the league as of late. But he's able to get a one-timer off here in a hurry on a nice little feed there for Brian Little. And all of a sudden, yeah. this game is a 2-2 game. Go figure. Just under three minutes into the second period, the Jets are able to tie it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, especially when uh, they score late in the first, early in the second, and just everything that had kind of worked out. And you're like, maybe we're actually going to be a team that we probably shouldn't. And it just comes crashing back to earth. And uh, and leave it to a guy who's struggling super, super hard to score goals to score against us. If yeah, it's and not it was- their first goal of all time or of the season <laughs> is the guy who's uh you know hasn't scored in 13 games or some something and it was and it was honestly it was a play where the ducks were caught on another 2-1-1 which has been just you know the bane of your existence as of late you get so upset about this and manson gets caught back waving his stick around on a 2-1-1 and the ducks are just unable to you know to solve that sort of issue here and that's cost them in several games during this losing streak um the defense was very soft again in this game. I feel like that uh, they got away with a lot because this game could have easily gone Winnipeg's way in the second period, and the Ducks were able to hang tight. I won't. I won't drop it too much on just the defenseman. I felt like the team defense was probably the the, the biggest problem, and it was just it was never it was, there. There wasn't enough support for a lot of the plays that ended up happening, but. Uh, yeah, once again, it's um, I'm baffled that Lindholm and Manson aren't the ones playing together most of the time. And if they're not playing most of the time, then you're going to get a lot of uh, problems, just weird plays and just missed pickups. And especially two-on-ones, whoever needs to teach them how to do two-on-ones, I hate that. You know, far from for me to tell professionals how to do it. Two-on-one, your job take away that pass at all costs take away the pass 
don't let the guy walk in all three and just take away the other guy. You can't have a breakaway, but be in the middle, and your job is whatever limb I can get in front, take away two on one. Yeah, they can't seem to figure that out. That's always been a problem. The Ducks in the second period, though, it's very strange. They were able to outshoot the Jets in the second period, but when it came to scoring chances, the Jets had nine, the Ducks had four. It's these, if you want to, you want to take care of the underlying numbers like all the stat nerds <laughs> like to talk about. That's great. You shoot the puck from the perimeter all day. Get the shot on net. That's wonderful. If it's not dangerous, what's the point of taking the shot? Um, yeah. And that's been Anaheim's major struggle this year. And they just can't seem to find enough chances in the danger areas to cause problems to the opposing team. But they do get ridiculous luck as of late as to the goals they're scoring. Because Andrew Cogliano gets on the board here in the second period. I'm sorry, who's, who's yeah. on the score sheet? Cogs for dogs. Uh, I believe it was a huh. Labrador took the puck from Cogliano and threw it into the net for him. That makes sense. That was probably All the only way he was going to score. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so now you're with me. Now you got me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I Cogliano from a horrid angle. <laughs> horrid angle. He's all the way down low, and it's just uh-huh. not – I don't he's know. Hellebuck is just not able to find the, the puck. Goal line, almost at the boards. <laughs> it wasn't a pretty goal. It was not a pretty goal for Angie Cogliano. But when it's your third goal of the year and you're 46 games in, you take you whatever the hockey gods lead. give you. <laughs> it was a tough angle. And Hellebuck just, for whatever reason, man, it found a way under him. It, it literally trickled under Hellebuck and into the net. So... The Ducks were able to get on the board there. Probably one Connor Hellebuck would say, yeah, I should have had that one. 100% he wants that one back. That's one of those where and Cogliano was still really just trying to find anybody else. He didn't want to throw it at the net. And then I think he just like gave up and throw it at the net. And I feel like Hellebuck was on his knee really hard. And then he's like, oh, this dude don't want to shoot. All right, so he kind of like just leans up just a little bit off his knee, and the shot goes right through the middle of the pad. No reason that should go there if you are 100% leaning on your knee. I think he's like, oh, he's not going to shoot. And he, then he, like, he did one of these like, when it went in. Hellebuck like, like looked yeah. at his he's pad, like, picked his head back up, like, looked down like, again, picked his head back up. There was a hole there? There was a hole there? No, it was, it's, it's literally just that, that half pound of pressure, I guess you want to say, on your knee, where you have the knee there, and he's like, oh, he's not going to shoot, and you, like, let up. He's like, all right, like, almost like he just moves his hips just to the side and just enough that the shot comes underneath, and it's just, oh. It actually it went under so his bad. leg that was on the post. Yeah, that's the one that you, you there, had He there. didn't even move his knee up. It just somehow felt no. away under his leg. No, there's Go no back way. and watch it. Knee, there was, there was no business. If your knee is that hard, about the only other thing I could think of is that most goalies, when they do that, their their skate is not behind the goal post. His was all the way behind the goal post. So I think he had his foot and his knee as center points, and there was a little bit of lift. If his leg is on that post – and it's a flat surface. At that point, he's got down and down. It's not really shooting under like that. I think because it was behind the post, that's probably how it snuck in, and that's why he was so confused about it. Either way, it was not a goal that he uh, would love (laughs) to look at. And again, it'd be like, how the hell did that go? I don't care how the hell it happens. (laughs) So Bombay chimes in saying that he he loves us, but he has no time today because he just got off the plane. So he has too much to do to hear about a loss. We barely I can't. Have time. Yeah, we, yeah, right. But I mean, it's we, early. Now, come on, Mamba. It's an early game. Yeah. Come on. So you're going to be coached someday. Let's get on to the third period. The Ducks lead this game again, not after the first period, not only after the first period, but after the second period. They lead this game again. Go to the third period and. I mean, uh, Sherratt already scored a goal for the Ducks. So now it was time for him to score a goal for the Jets. He is able to get the tying goal here on, it's just, I don't know. It was a shot from the point and it just snuck away and it deflected funny on Gibby. It bounced down, then bounced back up. I don't think there was any way for John Gibson to get a clean read on this puck. Because it was all the way from the blue line, and it just it was spinning, bouncing, and went top corner. I, there's nothing Gibby could do here. <laughs> no. Well, what you would blame a goalie for is if that shot happens, and then he immediately takes his glove and his blocker and puts in the top corners. And That's the only way. Pot, 
hey, if you do a starfish and just take up like this and like, hey, try and hit over here. I mean, a goalie's going to do this because that's percentages. If it bounces 80 billion times before it goes top top corner on you, it, it it's just that puck was not going to be denied at that point. I mean, yeah. it just it blows. It sucks, but there's nothing he could do. Sometimes you just have to live with an ugly bounce, and that's the way it was. Close your eyes, like, please. (laughs) Just an ugly bounce. So we get out, go to OT. The Ducks are actually in the offensive zone here, and Ricard Raquel is playing, you know, obviously his role is forward. Getzloff swings back as he drops the puck to Raquel. Getzloff is on the blue line for a second time in overtime. And I'm not saying that this is his fault, <laughs> but it's unfortunate that our captain, who is not a defenseman, is left to the blue line here. Raquel makes the shot, gets deflected, goes around. That, of course, is never a good thing when it goes around the horn. It goes back. The fault here, though, Jason, falls on Cam effing Fowler. There's a two-on-one. Getzloff spreads out, tries to stop the play. Shot gets on net. Two... Winnipeg Jets players are essentially in the crease. Cam Fowler comes back in enough time to try to swipe a rebound, blows by the whole thing like he has somewhere more important to be on the play. (laughs) Completely ghosts the crease, ignoring the play 100%. (laughs) And all that does is leave little open to roof a rebound after Gibby makes a second save. He's down and out. Spread out post to post trying to stop this. Leg up. Dude, I I, I wanted to rip my eyes out. I'm sitting there at the watch party staring at the TV. I'm like, oh, oh, God, oh, God. Cam, Fa- Cam Fowler. <laughs> what are you going? Yeah, anyone else see Cam Fowler is just like come in just, and then back true, out. This ghost is everybody. Ghost is <laughs> everyone. Turns around and then skates back towards the net after the puck is already in the net. And he's like. Oh, son of a... Really? Are you serious? Oh, How'd that get in Damn. There? What? That wasn't warm-ups? That, that's what you do in warm-ups. You I swing just... by, let the other guys score, <laughs> and you just... You go like, ah, I wish I wish I'd been playing. I, I get rust. <laughs> I get the rust. You haven't played. You you took a puck to the face, and it had to go through your eye. And blow up your face. And your yeah. nose, and like expand your, your face in order to make the bone fragments fit back together. He had a rough, rough you know period of time there where he was injured. But um, I mean, do they do they take away the part of your brain that cares? I I don't get it, dude. <laughs> I, I I just I don't know, Jay. I don't know, man. I I was so angry on Friday that like, it was like one of the first times that I can remember. Oh, by the way, everyone, Ducks lost four three in overtime thanks to that Brian Little goal. But uh, in, in the Pittsburgh game, I literally for the first time I, and how I can't remember how long I hit the table really really hard. <laughs> When the third goal went in for Pittsburgh, the Ducks are leading three nothing, and I still felt like they weren't playing great. It's like I have a feeling this isn't going to go well. Three one Malkin, three two. I think it was Gensel, and then all of a sudden three three. I figured to score the third goal, and I was I was like, damn it! And I hit the table, and both my wife and my daughter were like, whoa, whoa, whoa what happened? Whoa, whoa. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I finally got a little frustrated here. <laughs> you have a lead, and you I feel literally a blew it. Clipped. And just see this way this team plays. I just, I love them. I love them. I really, really do. But I, I, I just, don't need you crying on this I don't podcast, know what to do man. anymore with this team. It, it's comical. <laughs> and the, the great thing about comedy is uh, it makes everyone laugh and get through a tough time. Together. So hopefully everyone laughs and we can get through this, yeah. this struggle. See, um, the, the way I feel is that everyone's like, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. If it wasn't my team, just like it's just so sad, it's it's no longer funny anymore. <laughs> we got to get to the funny. We got to get to our fan <laughs> questions, and then we have to really, really, really talk about Bob Murray because Bob Murray came out, and uh, honestly, for a lot of people, it shocked the world. But uh, we'll get to why I don't think it really shocked anybody <laughs> in, in general. Yeah, the hockey world of Anaheim, so oh, seventeen thousand five hundred or whatever the whatever the max capacity is. About to call my friend in Egypt, see if he was offended. So I think it's all of Eddie. It's uh, all of and then D-D-I-E, so it's kind of like he mixed all of and Eddie together. But uh, he sent in a question on Instagram. He said, should fans hold out on going to games until something is done to turn the season <laughs> around? Well, 
what is it, 12,000 or 10,000 or season ticket holders? They already paid for it. But I mean, (laughs) I I guess no other people need to buy tickets, I guess. But no, I mean, prices will go down and be a fun evening. At some point, it's got to end. I'm sorry, it will end, but uh, trying to do a picket strike right now, I don't feel well. It, they're not going to change. I know, but I think like the the point of it is, Jay is, it's Symbolic. not it's not so Symbolic. much it's not so much that they're losing, it's the fact that the way this team addresses losing is the problem. It's like when you're losing this bad, maybe come out and say something different. Or if you're the team, you come out and say something positive, like, "Hey, we understand. We have an aging core. We have these young kids that are killing it in the age in the AHL." Look, we have to turn a corner where like this weird part of of like we're not rebuilding. It's a more of a retool. We have a Vesda caliber goaltender, and we have these other players and pieces that are good. Now we have to do some retooling here in this season to you know figure out how to be competitive again. They say nothing, and they're like, "Oh, um, yeah, uh, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do, but uh, we're just gonna you know keep status quo, you know, not mix up our defensive pairings like they worked before." And, you know, why not bring in uh, Pontus Aberg to score goals and scratch him three games in a row and keep guys in like Ryan Kessler and Andrew Cogliano who haven't done anything all season? That's the problem I have with this team. That that was a lot of things you have problems with. <laughs> I know, but it all centers around one thing, doing nothing. Yeah, well, it would also be nice if there's some sort of communication. The Ducks are the worst at fan communication, just – Communication in general, and even though they say they are, they really aren't. And so it's kind of uh, something where you'd like them to just kind of give you some other bland, you know, or some other real answer versus just a bland blanket statement where, oh, yeah, put one one for the other. Don't question me if things go bad. I'm really tired of talking about it. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think uh, fans are definitely frustrated. And at this point, we're missing a lot of pieces and uh once again i hate saying i hate saying this because it just sounds stupid but it's the old guard the old guard wants to keep what used to work and that's why we have an old coach we have old players and an old system that's just not gonna work it's just not working no it, it hasn't worked all season um another question here from canadian girl says fans now want to get rid of Getzloff and his captaincy. Do you agree? Wholeheartedly nope. no. No. 100% I no. I don't know how much more I can say no. Who, who's going to who's gonna be the captain? Uh, Cam Fa- Oh, wait, no. Josh Mann. Oh, wait, wait, wait no. Ryan Kess. Oh, no, no, no. He can't be captain. No. Okay, look. And even if it was, I really wouldn't put him. He's, he's he having an awesome season or whatever. That's that's the dude. There's nothing wrong that Getzloff's doing. Uh, as far as points, as far as trying to lead this team, yeah, I mean, you could you could say, oh, well, he hasn't produced. It just doesn't seem like a guy who's not trying to produce. It, it just doesn't seem like he's he's giving a half-ass effort. Things aren't happening. You know, he's getting injured. I mean, he's missed some games, but it's just it, there's nothing. And when he's out, if he's not there, that team's nothing. There is no offense, and you know Gibson. Not net. there's two guys you don't get rid of right now. That's Gasloff and Gibson, top two players on the Ducks. No way you get rid of him. I don't get it. I don't understand people are saying that at all. But I mean, fans are yeah. just clamoring for answers. So I get the frustration. But to, to point it out, your captain, who uh, who's been here his entire career and dumped a, his heart and soul into this team, I feel like he comes to he comes to the regular and wants to battle. It's tough. I mean, he leaves the team. Um, he leaves the offense, like you said. It, it's really tough to put that on him right now when he doesn't have the supporting cast. So that's a tough one. I would definitely disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, I get really passionate about my captain. And there's another one for Canadian girl. She says, how is Getzloff always back defending when we lose in overtime? Yeah, a little bit of recency bias here. But, yeah, that's that's tough. He's not a defenseman. He's, he's and, not. And, and, they, and they, not. they like to put him up high because he has not only the vision to make passes or plays happen but if he wants to he can unload a shot the risk you take by putting him back there or making that your focal point is that if it turns the other way he's your defenseman and he's not a defenseman um, and they're unfortunate plays too 
Those are unfortunate. Yeah. Like I don't think you can't blame him on that. That bad of a forward playing defense. No, but, like he's been left out to dry on recent plays where it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing because he's not a defenseman. Cam Fowler looking at you. Sorry, Cam. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a defenseman. So to expect defensive, uh, you know, defenseman type play or block or intuition is not going to happen from him. He his goal is to avoid defense and find a way around it he's not thinking about oh yeah i should do this on that he's he's not breaking it down like a defenseman would yeah so those are our questions there from instagram let's get over here to twitter just a second as i bring them up twitter 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 gotta go through here we got a lot of questions tonight jay so everyone bear with us here yeah, but everyone, thank you, whoever uh, showed up for our watch party. A lot of friends, a lot of family, a lot of longtime listeners, and uh, new listeners, too. And it was uh, a lot of fun. It was, it was a good a time. time. It's always it's always a good time, no matter what. It sucks because I don't feel like we have a great winning record. <laughs> but at the same time, we're all drinking beer. We're all hanging in there. And we're all... It was yeah, a therapeutic so a session of, tonight, a collective yeah, uh, therapy. It's, it's group therapy. <laughs> so <laughs> one of my favorite, I know Eddie said it's one of his favorite names on Twitter, is Skid McMarks. I think that's a, <laughs> uh, a great Twitter handle. He has a two-part question here. He said, asking before the start of the third period, but does it look like we are actually using three lines this game versus the usual two? Dropping Kess down seems to give that third line with Rowney, Cog, and Sprong, a little depth. And they did produce. It was Sprong and Cogliano that connected on the play that would get Cogs his goal. And then he writes, actually, on second thought, <laughs> since Kessler is considered a defensive forward, is there any chance he can be converted to a defenseman that can take draws in important situations but play on the bottom four pairs of D? I don't think nope. that that's in Kessler's repertoire. Um, he's not a Dustin Buffalo, you know, uh, Brent Burns. He's just yeah. not that type player. It, it, that's that's a yeah. tough ask for a guy, especially who's on the back nine of his career and coming off, I don't know, a, a career-ending injury, right? I mean, essentially it's what he had in front of him, and he's battled through it, and he's come back and played. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't worked out for him. But, I mean, I don't think you could convert Kessler to a defenseman. It's much easier to take a defenseman and make them a forward uh, than it is to take a forward and try to move him back to defense. Especially someone that wins uh, face-offs and is also so involved in trying to, you know, move forward and be an agitator. You can't really be an agitator like he is if you're on defense, where you see an occasional forward every now and again, and they get to the net, maybe give him a hard time. But at this point in Kessler's career, he he's not going to scuffle. He's not going to start pushing people around. He's not going to engage in that fight in front of the net i mean maybe way back when you might have been able to teach him that but it was a dude who used to be able to produce offense agitate win face-offs unfortunately there's been such a quick uh digression in his skill set that he's just kind of he's the third or fourth line center at this point uh but you know put him on defense isn't going to solve any problems because he's he's not going to all of a sudden become the, the guy who pushes people around or hits them extra hard all of a sudden. So we have another question. It's actually from Brett in our speaker chat. He goes by shock. It says, I'll leave a question here. Keep talking about retooling. And I agree. <laughs> but how different can this team look next year? Most of the people that you, that are past their prime still have term. So how do we bring up the kids next year? When there really isn't that much for open spots. I would say this is not going to be a fast turnaround in Anaheim. You're talking about a three to five year build here. If you're talking about retooling and getting better. Because yeah, there's term. You have Ryan Getzloff. You have Corey Perry. You have Ryan Kessler. That are all locked into big contracts. They're here for the long term, long haul. Uh, And then you could even point to contracts like Cam Fowler. Which I didn't really like when they gave him a boatload of money. A couple of seasons ago. He's got a lot of term left in his contract as well. So, yeah, there is going to be uh, some difficult times here in Anaheim. And how do you do this? Well, you could look at buyout options is always one of them. And uh, two, I mean, you just have to really look at trading players. I don't think Jacob Silverberg's going to be here after the trade deadline. If the Ducks are smart at all, they trade him. Because, I mean, really, he's going to cost too much. And he's still valuable, so why not fetch what he's worth right now? I mean, we talked about this on the last show. Eddie and I did. You have to you have to trade him. 
Uh, they're at a point where they can't keep the guy. They have a lot of young kids who are really good in the goals that are coming up, and even not in the goals. Look at Maxim Comtois. He's able to do damage here in the NHL in his short stint. So it'll be great to see uh, what the Ducks are able to do with their youngsters. But no, no, to his point, it's not going to be an amazing year next year. I mean, we're talking two, three years down the road here. We can really get a solid look at this roster. Um, There's going to be some pain here. I mean, we had a lot of success for the last seven, eight years. So now it's time for some pain. That's the way it goes. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we can't see the future, so we can't tell who's who's leaving, who's retiring, Kessler, and um, who might be able to move on, like trading a Silverberg, a Richie, if, you know, if, if you're the opportunity at Cogliano. Uh, there's room to move some of those players out if you don't really want to re-sign them or, or you want to trade them, try and get some sort of a- assets. Uh, this team has built up their defense and their goaltending for the future, the only problem is that the forwards are the ones that are coming behind. But at this point in the NHL, that's kind of what you want. You want the young, quick, skilled, uh, you know, uh, not intuitive, uh, you know, inventive uh, offensive players to kind of come up, see, you know, what was working down there, give it a shot. It works now in the NHL. Forwards are younger, quicker, better, more skilled. That's where your offense is going to come from. So, I'm not as pessimistic as far as how long it might take. It's definitely not going to be next year, but I think maybe there's going to be a lot more people that start dropping off our roster that might let those younger players Fingers come crossed. in and might make Fingers that might, yeah, might make that turnaround a little bit quicker. And if it can be, then great, because we're set up very beautifully on defense, in my opinion. If they can get the matchups right and goaltending solid, for the foreseeable, uh, foreseeable future. So it's just getting those offensive players up there, and I feel they're kind of hopefully making the right moves to make that happen. So Joseph from our Facebook says, what should Joseph. I be drinking tonight? I can't, ma- I can't make up my mind. So I was thinking gasoline. All of it. All gasoline. Of it. And drink if you all have a lighter, that would be helpful. Burn it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a great question because we were all drinking beers tonight at, uh, at Lampo's Pizza. But he goes, hey, okay, here's my real question. This is funny. You'll like this. Is this the least transparent management in the league? It's absurdly frustrating. And then he writes, edit, LOL. Just as I say this, Jason addresses this on the pod. Okay, different question. (laughs) Different question. Do we lose for Hughes or play crapo for capo? Um, yes, that's, I, yes, I think a hundred percent. I'm okay with that. Three questions and a yes. Yes. All of it is <laughs> yes. a yes. Jason answered your question. Yes. Drink yeah. everything. And yes. Uh, sell at the deadline. Don't play Gibson. Crap this team out. And you're so close to the bottom. Why not try to get a top in? Hughes. Hughes. You or, really think or, we're going to lose yeah. for Hughes? Or, or, yeah. Or the finish kid. Why not? <laughs> for capital. I mean, why would you want to play hard for the, him? The second time in our story 25 year franchise history that we'd actually get a top two pick need it one of them was bobby ryan that close to sydney so close to sid so oh close. Just so close oh no no, no they, they, they gotta restore pittsburgh <laughs> that's yeah. mario that needed a, uh, a yeah, prodigy needed one. So, anyways uh yeah uh I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> Do you crap out for for Jack Hughes? No. And, and, no. The, well, the, They're so close the to the bottom. Why would you not want this so team? They're so close to a playoff spot. Why do you want to make the playoffs? What does this benefit Anaheim making the playoffs? I'd be happy. Why? They're going to lose. Well, they've been doing that, and I'm not happy. <laughs> so if they win, <laughs> if they win, I might be happy. <laughs> I don't know. Other than that, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, this is not a team that's going to uh, run the Stanley Cup. Yeah, they're not uh, blowing anyone's skirt way, up here going to the playoffs. Uh, championship. <laughs> uh, so it's not going to happen, but it might make me happy because I don't think we'll lose hard enough that we'll actually get anything of super value. Uh. Um, you know, and I don't know because, you know, Bob Murray is a real big scout guy. If he's like, oh, we could really get a really good guy at uh, six or seven. No. And then maybe we'll just keep just, nah, I'm not going to fire Carlisle. I got a reason. Of I, course I he is. I mean, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, we're not winning the Stanley Cup. We're If we're lucky, we get in the playoffs. And I doubt it's for very long. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to tank all the way. So All the way down. Nick Webb on Facebook says, after playing teams like Vegas, the Jets, and Tampa tight over the stretch, do you guys think that it's just a blind squirrel finding a nut, or are there positives to take from these games? Uh, 
I would say it's a blind squirrel finding a nut more often than not with this team because hockey is streaky. Uh, teams go on a run. Players get hot. Goaltenders can save you games. John Gibson has done that all year this year and most of the year last year. Uh, I would definitely say that uh, the winning streak, the nine games, you can mostly attribute that to a lot of luck and a lot of great goaltending because they're they're terrible outside of that. They weren't great to start the year. They were getting lucky thanks to Gibby. So, yeah, I would go with the squirrel finding a nut theory. Yeah, I'd lean more towards that. I would say uh, the beginning of the season, it was, uh, I mean, we just saw nothing but red flags everywhere. Just not in visually watching the game, but all the underlying stats. It was just, it was like, all right, thank God we got that guy at the back of the net because this, this season's a wash to begin with. We should yeah. have been at, at the bottom to start and then bottom to go for a while. And then we got a little six-game winning streak where we got some, you know, run support, as I like to say. And we were even asked, we we're like, "Oh, we're well, going to give, you know, Randy Carlisle props because all of a sudden they're they're winning games and stuff like that." Well, I've watched the games. I'm glad they scored. It was nice, but at the same time, I'm looking at it, it's like we lucked the hell out of most of those games. We should not have won. And even the more recent games where it's maybe a little bit closer, I also think it's it's us maybe kind of all of a sudden perking up and trying to play against a good team but then a good team also knows like all right they can beat us and we'll just we'll beat them eventually they'll they'll fall apart so it's rough i i don't see anything good even against the teams that we've come close against it doesn't matter you lost and during during the nine game win streak i remember uh we were talking about it on the podcast and they were like i remember eddie asking us and i was he's all are you going to actually ever give Randy any sort of credit? And I was like, hold on. He goes to the golf clap. <laughs> it's a silent he goes to the golf, golf clap. clap. Golf clap. Got to get the golf clap. That's great. Hey, hey Randy, yeah. remember when you won a Stanley Cup with Timu and Scott <laughs> Niedermeyer <laughs> and Chris Pronger? Let me, let me, let me give you one of those. Let me give you one of those. <laughs> that, no, 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 no. That's too loud right there. You got to do a little softer. A little softer. The hate for Randy yeah, is real. No. Yeah. It's. I don't like the guy. He's I just don't like his style. But, no style. Yeah, it's it's just not going to work. And trying to teach him to to do what the NHL has changed so rapidly, it's just there's no way for it to work. So it's just it's time to move on. And everyone else seems to know. We're so close to that question. We have a few more before we get to the the 800 pound gorilla in the room. <laughs> uh, Karen asks, "Why do you think Aberg is being scratched so much? What did he do or not do? Is he in the doghouse?" He's not scoring. He's a streaky player. He's a one-dimensional guy. He's not a defensive forward. He's not like a Jacob Silverberg who can put the puck in the net, but also stop the other team from doing so. And he's on just a really, really bad streak of not being able to produce, so that's what happens. I mean, to be scratched for a guy like Brian Gibbons, <laughs> who hasn't had a goal all year, is kind of laughable. But for three you games can't is a little put him much. on the fourth line. What are you going to do? Put Aberg on the fourth line and expect him all of a sudden to produce eight goals? No, Getsy's got to play with him, of course. Yeah, you got to get up a line with Getsy. So he's got to be yeah. tough. And at this point, I think Sprong's probably a harder, better shot, something that could play there. And now that Raquel's back, I mean, Raquel's been back two games. Aberg's been sat two games. What are you going to do? Put, I think it's his put, third put game Aberg, scratched. Put, is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. The whole third game. Whole third game. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so what are you going to do? You can't put him on the fourth line. Uh, you're going to break up Kasha, Henrique. And you Richie. could put him on the fourth I, line. I, you, that, I mean, maybe. I think it's a fourth line deal. You could definitely do that. The fact you're not playing line, a scorer. He's not going to score on the fourth line. I mean, maybe he's and got a better chance line, of scoring than Brian Gibbons. I love our fourth line. No, they're you not don't. Score. They're not you like score any sure goals, would. but they're, they're, they, got, they got energy, okay? So it's like what I love is I love the first line going out there, getting some chances, and then our fourth line coming in and just hitting people, following it up. The problem is that you get back to the second or third line, and then all of a sudden everything gets like, You're like lost. Ooh, or like ooh. their their top player comes out, and so you got to trot out Getzlaw or not Getzlaw Kessler out there and just like, all right, Mule, hang in here, just don't let him run too hard around you. All right. So the last question is from <laughs> our boy and our very much beloved friend David Rodriguez. <sighs> He says, I have no questions, boys, <laughs> because there are no answers that will satisfy me. Suck nope. suck as why. I think he meant such as why. Such as why Sprong is not playing on the left side of the power play. Yeah, I agree with that. No answer. Why Kessler in all caps, still in all caps on the power play. No answer. Just take it as it is at this point. I will still watch and cheer for this team regardless. 
But know that at this point in time, don't get my hopes up too high for a turnaround since we all know and, you know, GMBM knows pretty much confirmed Carlisle will be at the helm through the rest of the year. Absolutely. Let's get to the gorilla because Jeff Hedden says, win or lose, how hot is Randy's seat? And Dave said, <laughs> cool as the other side of the as the other side of the pillow. And he could I not can't. be any closer to the truth. Because yeah. let's get to it, Jay. Bob Murray addressed right. this team and its fans after this eleventh <laughs> straight loss. Bear with oh, me, everybody. Yeah, so everybody who's a Ducks fan, Bob Murray is talking directly to you right now. Yes, and here's what he had to say. While it's not my preference to make comments on the topic during the season, yeah, we know, uh, our recent play has led to many questions. Our fans are frustrated, rightfully so, and deserve a response from me. Okay, so here's his response. He's he set the table, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. He said, "Yeah, he, no, he you're rolled mad. out the red carpet. He's gonna walk out to the podium. He's gonna make his announcement. He's gonna deliver you the goods you've been waiting for yes. to hear this Everything whole season. You were hoping the answers you wanted to hear. Here it comes straight from Bob Murray's. And he ends all the suspense in the first <laughs> sentence. At this time, I am not considering a coaching change. Jesus." God almighty help us all. I am more focused on our players, specifically with who is going to step up in this situation. The way we played tonight was a step in the right direction, but we need much, much more. We have higher expectations for this group, and they should expect more from themselves. So, don't blame the leader. Blame everyone under the leader. Unreal. Everybody you gave a contract to, traded for, drafted, all of those people need to step it up. Not you, and not the guy you kind of hired for the second, or you didn't hire the second half, but you hired again to try and coach this team. Unreal. That you put together. I don't know what to say about this. Um, it's a, it's adorable. I was very frustrated. I, mean, <laughs> I was very frustrated. Yeah, it's... I. No words. Once again, yeah, it's like it's like, all right. So so this is what I take away: Carlisle staying unless he loses like maybe four more games. If he no. loses four more games, there's no way he can keep it or justify to keep it. Do you want to bet? If he doesn't, if if he doesn't fire him in like after two game losses, what do you I want just, to bet? What if the Ducks lose four more games? Does he is, is Carlisle still the coach? They could lose out the rest of the season. He's not being fired. Let's put it this way. They just lost eleven tonight. Yeah. If they do five more, and they're at sixteen. Yeah. There's no way he has the opportunity to be the coach. I lost seventeen in a row and tied the record. And Bob Murray, I think Bob Murray's not going to want his name anywhere near that record. I think he's got two to four more games. If he loses, it sucks. If he if he wins one of those games, we're still we're still screwed with him. <laughs> I mean, He's not going anywhere. It's like, hey, we turned it around. Yeah, one win. Started something new. Corey Perry will be here any day. Look over there, shiny. That'll be <laughs> that'll be his big trade deadline pickup. We didn't yeah, make any oh, moves just, because we yeah. got a twenty goal scorer coming back from injury. Yeah, that, that'll Former be heart trophy. That'll be here. <laughs> so, so Bobby, um, as much as we appreciate you and all that you've done for this franchise, because I mean, damn it, you've done a lot. You drafted great players. Um, you've made some decent moves, but, uh, your contract signings are a bit suspect and your coaching options are very suspect at this point in time. That's the biggest thing. The fact that he's holding on so hard to his pickup of Carlisle is the thing that just goes like, what the hell's the matter with you? It's like, it's like, I could see missed trades, missed signings. And, you know, he's, you know, he's a wheeling dealer and he gets a low risk, high reward type guys. But then you get the coach, coach didn't work, coach didn't work. And now coaches, the worst season, at least losing streak wise that we've ever had. And you go on, I'm going to double down on this dude right now. (laughs) I'm going to stand my ground. That's me. That's what I want people to know. That's a stands by his man. I mean, that's why you never hire people that are your friends when you're a boss and someone's like, I'm looking for a job. You're always like, oh. Let me ask my friends if they know anybody. Yeah. It's never, oh, we're hiring. <laughs> Let me bring you in so you can ruin me. It's never that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Bob did that. Bob's like, oh, hey, Randy. 
Remember when I fired oh, you and I brought in Brucey <laughs> and then we like people saw you at Honda Center because you would still come to the games because you're local. And I was like, oh, it's my best friend down there. Oh, Wouldn't that be cool if my best friend had a job again and his job was working for me? That would be great. We could do all the nostalgia, bring you back for the 10 year anniversary. And then all of a sudden we're going to win a worse. cup again. Yeah. Uh, 10 year anniversary so 25th anniversary of the Ducks it's like oh we'll get that that weird side story that just seems to make the uh, NHL pop during the Stanley Cup finals of course you know, they, oh, now it's their 25th year and they brought in a coach oh, it's the 10 year anniversary when he won it oh. dude put the right person in the damn job and it's not it's not Randy at this Randy. point, buy out whoever you have to buy out. Trade or you have to trade to get the money to get Quinville and beg him and plead him to come here, which he's not going to. This is a dream. You plant he's the not coming. on the people you don't want next season. Yes. Right as they're crossing <laughs> a border. It doesn't have to be anybody. Oh, you're going to Dean Lombardi it, huh? <laughs> hey, if Dean Lombardi was here, he would say, we need to develop a is culture a, of caring. A culture yes, of caring. Yes, yes, as he culture. did uh, for Team USA. Culture. Yeah, a culture of caring. <laughs> So, on that note, let's get to the watch party. We have addressed, we have addressed everything we possibly can in fun fashion with many jokes and sarcasm here. We tried as hard favorite as favorite team. <laughs> I love them dearly, and I will watch every game. But uh, damn it, Bob, make a change. Um, Thank you. The watch party was amazing. Thank you to everybody who's come out, supported us. Second sellout. So good. So good. Oh. Standing room only in the bar. Stanley room. I even had to tell my in-laws to go stand over there for a while. Yeah, can you go over there? <laughs> I know you but, showed up. Like, listen, you know me and this is kind of our thing, but I just kind of need you out of the way because you don't have a jersey. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> need one of those logo things here. Could you wear like a hockey something? Uh, you, you lost. Mostly yeah. my friends and family don't show up to these things. Yeah, so now that you're here, um, about that, yeah, we got we got we got to figure that out. <laughs> but that was great, and thank you to Lamppost yes. for always hosting us and always being great about that because that yes. was awesome. They always do that. And West uh, Belinda and uh, Lamppost Pizza for sure. <laughs> Sorry, a shout out. No, you have to because yeah. they always give us what we want. There, things were they great. do. They just they kick everyone out. It was it was playoff football, and they said, "Nope, you guys get the bar area." We 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 boxed it out. <laughs> no one could come in if they wanted. <laughs> it was great, and you know what? It was during playoff football, so God bless everyone who came out who was like a dual sports fan. Uh, I know mm-hmm. I had several friends show up for that, and they were Very both nice. Ducks fans and Saint fans, and he got to watch one team win and one get the loser point. And over oh no, he didn't see it. They left after the second. No, the different. Game, My friend, no T <laughs> T, who oh, won okay. both. Yeah, T. Oh, the big winner! Shout out to T. Uh, yeah, he, it, my buddy from work. He won not only both hats with the puck bottle opener, but he also won the autographed Ryan Kessler jersey, which oh. he told me on Thursday, "I'm going to win that damn thing." If I show up to your watch party, <laughs> I'm going to win that. I'm going to win that. Now everyone thinks we're suspect. Yeah, we have Damn to it. be. Yeah, now, now someone else at home. But we had brand new people went too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jason Billings and his family showed up. Uh, his daughter Jordan was there. They won the tickets. They won the two tickets in the lower bowl to the Nashville Predators-Ducks game coming up on March 12th. So congrats to them, and thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys yes. for being so cool. And thank you for the beer, Jason. I appreciate that. That was very nice of you. He didn't, Not you, Jason. The other Jason. Uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I wouldn't buy you. <laughs> he might have bought me. I, mean, I don't know. I drink a lot, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand when you're coming around with that. Um, let's see. We got it. I guess we should address. There's another question on here, actually, from Twitter. We'll give this one to you, Jay. It's actually from Jordan, who won the tickets. Uh, she said, "Do you think at this point having Perry back would change things? Has Perry nope. changed enough on this team to have us give, to give us any sort of hope?" Uh, you're talking about a guy who played a handful of uh, preseason games before uh, he blew out his knee in warm-ups in another preseason game. Um, this is not a guy who... How do you tear your ACL meniscus in the same move in warm-up? I don't know. 
in warm-ups. I mean, it's just like, I mean, all you do is you just kind of skate forward and take a shot. I mean, that's about it. Uh, but, I mean, if you if you want to try and look at what Tamu Solani did and how he came back, uh, you're in a little bit – it's not apples to apples. It's a little bit different. Tamu Solani was a skater with speed and high skill with hands. Perry right. is a grinder, uh, a, a, you know, an attitude guy, guy in front of the net, gets garbage goals, but also has really good hands. So they had that in common. Um, short of that, Tamu Solani blowing out his knee. He also had the benefit of a lockout entire season to rehab it, come back, and all of a sudden he was the same Tamu Solani. Perry was not good Perry anyways leading up to that. And I don't think blowing out your knee, having surgery, and missing you know two-thirds of a season is going to all of a sudden insert you back into a team that's struggling to find goals, and all of a sudden he's your savior and he's the guy who's going to start netting you 30 goals in the last two months of the season. It's not going to happen. He's going to go straight to that top line with Ryan Getzloff, too. Second he comes back in, he's going to go right to the top line. This whole thing is just nostalgia year. It's just, you know, hey, we had the 25 years. Hey, Getzloff was good. Well, I wish we could have Perry there. And we're just, we're getting different guys. We're getting Randy Carlisle in there. It just, no one wants to change what worked whatever seasons ago. It's a nostalgia year. And it blows because we're, we're stuck with it, and it's not going to get any better. Corey Perry's not going to come in, light up the league, make this team uh, an instant uh, Stanley Cup contender. If they're getting into the playoffs, they're lucky, and it's not going to last very long. No, Corey Perry's not going to be a catalyst that all of a sudden ignites the deck. Exactly. The thing about Corey Perry, though, and to be fair, is he's judged largely in part by his contract, which is over $8 million a year. So if he's putting up 40 goals a year, 30 goals a year, no one really says anything. But the fact that he's at that age where he's kind of on the back nine of his career here, right? He's, he's not getting any better. He's only going to digress from going from here going forward. Um, it's not a big deal if he scores 20 goals to me. It's like, oh, that's cool. He's put in 20 goals. But the problem is... It's, call it's, pluses. Yeah, it's not his pay that sucks. It, I mean, to him, right? The pay, you're paying him that much, it doesn't suck. What sucks is that it handcuffs every other aspect of our team to make moves to put greater players in their prime around a player who could supplement like him at this point in his career. We're handcuffed by the money. Not that Corey doesn't deserve it, but we are literally handcuffed in this roster by having contracts like this that prevent us from bringing in other players to support. That's where the frustration comes out for Corey Perry. Yeah, and prior to this season, I was trying to look at what the buyout option would be for Corey Perry. So depending on how many years you have left, they double whatever that is, and then it's two-thirds of whatever your contract is. So last year, it was three years he still had left, and uh, what, you know, $8 million. Mm-hmm. They'd have to do about, you know, two-thirds of that, which is about $6 million against the cap, but over six more years. So every year that comes off the books from here on out is less money the Ducks are going to have to have in cap space. And at this point, I don't see Corey Perry coming in, and even if you bought him out, and it's uh, six million over two years. You know, like when his last year's out. It's you know, if it's if it's six million over two years, that's a guy who's not going to produce any sort of goals for you. And if you can get a two million dollar hit, and somebody else can come in and take that two million, that can score more than him, you take it. Yeah, hundred percent. You have to. But yeah. we'll see. It, this this team owes a lot to Corey Perry and Ryan Getzloff. They they were leadership yeah. on this team as much as we we trash how their play has been here and there. I hate trashing them. I, I, really, I don't like really it either. As much as I've as I've gotten on Ryan Kessler, I love Ryan Kessler. I was so stoked that he came to this team. It's super unfortunate where he's at. Um, but let's wrap on a positive note. So T walks away with the hats and the bottle opener. Thank you for your raffle ticket contributions to everyone. Turns out, you know, T was able to walk away with both somehow. <laughs> And then no, Jordan was able to get those that's, tickets. Oh, that's Chip's fault from K Rock, by the way. Yeah, she picked up. Yeah, Chip from K Rock, totally offsides. Yeah, she her. picked all the winners and she picked the winner twice. Yeah, totally. You got to blame totally offsides <laughs> for that one. She she was called upon to pick, but uh, yeah. you know, thanks to everyone who's come out and supported us. We're doing another another one here in February. It would be February twenty third against the Edmonton Oilers on a Saturday. That should be fun because hell, yeah. I mean, any chance we get it, we get to party with you guys is always a great time. Um, and then again, the following month will be hopefully the battle for last place. L.A. Kings versus the Anaheim Ducks, March 23rd, <laughs> another Saturday. Will probably be our last watch party of the season, March 23rd, purely because if we go to the playoffs, I mean, I don't know if you want to think about that even right now because it's probably not looking that way. 
But we would probably well, we do another. We did so well one. in the playoffs last year. I, I, I mean, yeah, we got swept. So that's a good. This year. <laughs> so March twenty uh, third sure, is probably people, the last one. Especially Ducks fans need to show up for that one because. Sadly, we know a lot of Kings fans. So it should be like a good included. Should so be a doozy. There will be a lot of Kings fans, and so we'll need a lot of support because I don't think that one's going to go in the bar area. We'll, we'll kill that we one. Probably so we probably have to do the bigger go, side of the of We the might have to place. go out to the actual lobby. <laughs> but we got to keep it chill because we, we everyone's got to be friendly. You can chirp. Everyone's be fun. As yeah, long as you show up, you're not you're not a, a d bag. You're good. And That's perfect. We'll all have fun and you know <laughs> rib each other. It's all good. So, again, thank you to everyone who's come out. Also, if you haven't already, go to CoolHockey.com. They're great friends of the show. They, they're, the ones who, or they're the ones who give uh, give us the jerseys to give away for the Forever Mighty Three Stars, yes. which we do every month. Um, all you have to do is follow us on Twitter at that point, And then at 45 minutes before each game, uh, Eddie tweets out on, on Forever Mighty's uh, Twitter account three questions. you got to answer those three questions. There are Ducks questions for the game. He tally up points on those, and the winner at the end of the month gets a free jersey, and you get to customize it however you want. If you want a John Gibson jersey, uh, you know their new third jersey, you want the old school jersey, whatever's available on the website is all for you. And if you haven't done that, you can also just go and buy one right now if you'd like and use our promo code FM20, which gets you 20% off at checkout. So coolhockey.com, code word or whatever you want to put, promo code <laughs> FM20, FM20 at the end, and uh, you get 20% off your purchase. Yeah, and do that, guys, because not only have we seen these jerseys like in person, they're legit. Um, we've had people online just say, hey, thank you for showing me this way. This is the only place I'm going to go to get jerseys. And when we get jerseys, that's exactly where we're going to go with it. 100%. So uh, they're awesome, the fact they give away a jersey. All right, so they're kind of dumb, but they keep giving us jerseys to give away to oh, people. Oh, Jesus. So keep it going. <laughs> Thank you, Cool Hockey. You guys are the best. You guys know where yes. to find us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, we're going to be having a gaming channel. We're going to play some NHL 19 on Xbox Live. So if you do that, um, I want to throw that in there before we end. But we're going to have a Twitch channel to play some video games on there. We'll have more of that coming to you guys this week. But uh, anyways, thanks for sitting through 11 straight post games with 11 straight uh, we're losses. We're Hopefully, we have Detroit on Tuesday. Eddie and I will be on the show. Jason, that's his night off. We'll come back and talk about that game. Hopefully, it's not number 12. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye, guys.